Today's reading is Luke chapter 16, and I will admit, Jesus begins this chapter with a puzzling parable. Um, he makes a statement about the nature of the law of God, and he tells the very familiar parable of the rich man and Lazarus. So let's consider a couple of truths we find here. Um, and we'll say that we'll start with this point. Uh, you serve your money or your money serves you. Many have puzzled over the meaning of the parable of the dishonest manager. Uh, I admit I have. It opens the chapter in verses 1 through 8. The reason it's so puzzling is because on the surface, it appears that Jesus is commending the dishonesty of a steward who was about to lose his job. But I think, upon closer examination, I don't believe this is what Jesus was doing at, at all. In verse 8 it says, the master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. He doesn't commend him for his dishonesty, but he does commend him. The key is understanding why Jesus commended him at all in the parable. Well, let's see if we can get to the bottom of what Jesus was doing here. The parable begins by Jesus telling us that the manager was about to lose his job because of his dishonest dealings with his rich master's possessions, verses 1 and 2. The manager uh, knows that this is not good news for him because uh, he can't do anything else and he wonders how he's, he's going to make a living, verse 3. So he devises a plan uh, through which he feels he can coerce people to take care of him after he loses his job. Verse 4, he calls all of the people who owe his rich master money, and in his last act as an employee, he reduces the amount they are required to pay, and he settles their accounts for far less than the original debt. Verses 5 through 7, and in this way, he gained their favor and put them in his debt after he was unemployed. He scratched their back, and they owe him to scratch his in return. At this point, you would expect the rich master to return and be furious when he finds out what the dishonest manager has done. But instead, Jesus pre presents the manager, uh, a master as commending this manager for his cleverness. Well, here's how I understand this parable. And, and this is just my, my understanding of it. The key, in my view, is Jesus concluding explanatory remarks in verse 13. His whole point, it seems, in telling this parable is to teach the lesson, according to verse 13, that no servant can serve two masters. In this case, you cannot serve God in, and money. Verse 13. Jesus illustrated this through the parable of the dishonest manager. The dishonest manager was clever with his use of money to ensure the help of others when he would be in need. He was making money serve him rather than being himself a servant of money. He wasn't so enamored with the money that he refused to let go of it at all costs, thus being a slave to it. Rather, he parted with it. I mean, one view has him giving the debtors a reduced debt because he eliminated the commission that he would have ordinarily gained in the transaction. And so the money was made to serve him by providing for his future security. Now, that raises the question as to why. Why did Jesus use the example of a dishonest manager? Well, different people have different explanations, but my view is that Jesus is here using a similar mode of argument as he did in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, if you then, who are evil, 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? I see Jesus in the parable of the dishonest manager using the examples of a dishonest man to show that even those who are evil know how to use money wisely and make it serve them. If those who are evil do this, how much more those who love the Lord know his will and walk in his ways? Remember, he's talking to his disciples here. He said that in verse 1. We're told in verse 14 that some of the Pharisees were listening in on this whole lesson. Of course they were. <laughs> and incidentally, Luke tells us that they were lovers of money. They were those who professed to know God and to be the teachers of his ways and truth, but they are more slaves of money and possessions than the evil and dishonest manager in the parable. Jesus says they will be judged by the very same law they profess to know and teach, verses 15 and 17. Money and possessions will pass away. God's word will never pass away, verse 17. It is eternally, eternally wise to serve the Lord and make money serve you rather than the contrary. Well, here's the, the second and final truth I want to point out from Luke 16, and that is God works through the word. God works through the word. The final parable in this chapter re reiterates the permanency and authority of God's word. Jesus tells a parable of a rich man and a beggar named Lazarus. The rich man was cruel to the beggar Lazarus all his days by being unmoved and unsympathetic to the needs of the poor. Well, as it happened, both men died. And Jesus presents Lazarus as being in heaven while the rich man went to hell. Jesus' point here is not that the poor are always more righteous than the rich or that Lazarus went to heaven just because he was poor. Jesus is doing a couple of things here. First, he is providing another warning to the Pharisees listening who were lovers of money. In truth, they loved money and the comfort it could buy more than they loved the Lord. And Jesus is by his parab this parable warning them of the tormenting fate that awaited them unless they repented. But second, and more importantly, Jesus is setting the listener and reader up for the main point of the parable. When the rich man is tormented in hell, he pleads with the Lord to allow him to return to earth merely to warn his brothers lest they enter the same punishment. Verses 27 and 28. And the Lord declines the request and he makes this statement in verse uh, 29. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he continues more strongly and says of the rich man's brothers in verse 31, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Well, that's quite a shocking statement and a sobering truth. It shows that God works to change people and change hearts through his word, through the scriptures. That's what is meant by they have Moses and the prophets. They have the scriptures. And the claim here is that the human heart is so hardened by sin that even if someone came back from the dead to warn us, we would find some way to explain it away and not heed the warning. It's probably an indictment to them also of Jesus' uh, soon-to-come resurrection from the dead. God has made his truth plain in the scriptures. And unless people 
heed the warnings there and repent. There is no hope for them. In context, this is yet another warning to the Pharisees who know the scriptures and are still lovers of money and unrepentant toward God. Yet also, it also it is a lesson for us as to the importance of reading and knowing the scriptures ourselves and listening carefully to and heeding the preaching of God's word. God has chosen his word to be the instrument of his saving and sanctifying work. And we neglect his word to our own peril. Let's heed this admonition and gives our, give ourselves afresh today to a renewed commitment to reading, studying, and knowing the scriptures so that we might know his will and please him in every way. And that is Luke chapter 16.